Let's go to Genesis chapter 8 this morning, please. We saw last week, after 150 days of the ark floating upon the waters, 220 days of the ark resting on the ground, after 377 days altogether in the ark, Noah and his family and the animals on board the ark have finally disembarked. Remember that even though all the outward signs indicated that it was time, that it could have been time to move out of the ark before then, Noah waited for God to say when it was time to leave. God was the one who told Noah to get in, and God would be the one to tell Noah when it was time to come forth. And remember, Noah was letting patience have her perfect work. Amen, American culture. Patience. He didn't get ahead of God. He didn't lag behind God. And as a result, he stayed in the will of God. We need to understand that living the Christian life requires patience. We must also know God's timing is always best, and His ways are always best. Remember, patience is not laziness. You're still doing the things that God has called you to do in the meantime while you wait on what God is leading you to down the road. Now, we've been in this chapter now for 12 weeks. Or not in this chapter, I'm sorry, but we've been talking about the ark, the storm, for about 12 weeks. So maybe two chapters here. And uh, if you don't like the pace we're going, come to Sunday school. Uh, Pastor DeGarmo in nine weeks has gone through 23 chapters of Job. But after this long of talking about the flood and the ark, I've lost my patience with it. Um, And so let's move on from the flood and the ark. I'm ready to move past this. As they were ready to leave the ark, I'm ready to move on. So we're going to pick up where we left off last week, and we're going to look at the same exact verses. Uh, It's not by intent. It's just how the Lord leads me. (laughs) Genesis chapter 8, let's read verses 20 through 22. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. The Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So I want to build upon last week's closing thoughts of how Noah's first act of leaving the ark was not to meet his temporal needs, but his first act is to honor God. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 tells us, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Noah took no thought for his life as he comes off the ark, but he sought first the kingdom of God. He was seeking God's righteousness, and according to Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6, because Noah put God first, God would add unto him all of the things he needed to live this life below. Now, men, the primary responsibility of providing for our families falls to us. It's still in the Bible. It's okay. You can amen. Amen. This isn't to say your wife can't contribute or even make more money than you. 
I'm all about sugar. My, hey, look, if you, you want to pay Adrian more money than I make, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, we see examples of women working and helping in the Bible, but, but it should never be at the expense of your home, Amen. your children. Amen. There have been seasons when my wife worked outside of the home. Most of that was before kids, but not all. Some of it was out of necessity, amen. Uh, sometimes life gets tough. Uh, well, I guess she's technically working now, although I don't know how much work she's actually doing. Um, <laughs> the bulletin looked good today? I told her what to put in there. <laughs> in all seriousness, my wife has a very strong work ethic. And, and out of all the jobs she's had, the hardest I've ever seen her work is as a homemaker. And I should save some of this for next week because my much-anticipated, never-duplicated Mother's Day sermon is next week. <laughs> if you're new around here, I stink at Mother's Day sermons, but we're, we're going we're gonna to do it this year. I got nobody to bail me out. <laughs> do you, you want to do it? Oh, okay. <laughs> but ladies, if, if you're solely a homemaker, don't think you're not helping to provide for your family. Uh, don't hang your head in shame. You're working harder than he is. I'll guarantee it. Especially if you're in the military. I know what it's like. <laughs> the fact of the matter is both a husband and wife are providers for the family as we fulfill our God-given roles. But biblically speaking, the provision of these temporal things falls squarely upon us men as the head of our home. 1 Timothy 5.8 is absolutely clear. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Now, here's what we need to understand, guys. This is where I'm going with this. The way for us to be proper providers for our family is to make God the priority in our life first. Make God the priority in our family. Our job isn't merely to provide temporal needs. But we must provide for our family spiritually. So before we seek to provide temporal things through a strong work ethic, we must first seek to provide for our family's physical and spiritual needs through a strong personal walk with God. Remember what Genesis 6-9 said of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. So I want you to get this. Noah was walking with God before God gave him the command to make the ark. He was putting God first, then God gave him the plan on how to meet their temporal needs. This is how God operates. You walk with God, you allow Him to set the direction for the best course of action to provide for your family, Because God will do a better job at leading, and God's plan is way better than your plan for providing. But some men are just bullheaded. And they want to set the direction. So instead of getting God's best, they end up following their own idea of how to provide. And they get so focused on meeting the temporal needs of their family that they neglect their walk with God. And what they think is noble is actually a detriment to their family's spiritual well-being. Now, I'm all for a strong work ethic. Somebody say amen. Amen. But I've seen workaholic dads work themselves right out of a walk with God. 
And they get so focused on their sense of responsibility to provide the temporal things of this life that their work life ends up overriding their faithfulness to God. And when this happens, there's now an imbalance in your walk with God. And what would have been a blessed task doing it God's way becomes an arduous grind doing it your way. And what you think is making you a good and loving husband and father actually ends up being neglect all the way around. Because you're seeking the temporal provisions before God, you end up working more hours to provide. Is everybody with me? You end up neglecting your walk with God. You end up neglecting your wife. You end up neglecting your children in the process. You're no longer able to spend time in God's Word because you're so busy. You get to where it's acceptable to routinely work on the days that the church gathers together. And now going to work is a greater responsibility than going to church. The job of feeding your family physically is now more important than the job of feeding your family spiritually. Mark 8, 36, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Please don't allow the temporal to overtake the eternal. By all means, work hard to provide. But don't you want your home to be blessed by God? Then you have to put God first. Seek God first and all the temporal things shall be added unto you. Honor God and God will honor you. Once upon a time, I was a world-famous hurricane hunter. You may have saw me on TV. I don't, I don't know if you saw me. Um, no? Okay, well, Adrian, you can cancel the autograph time after the service. I, I thought it would have been way more, you know, better received. But um, that was a dream job for me, and, and I loved it. I, I loved it. And, and thanks to flight pay, per diem, filing travel vouchers all the time, I was making double the money I was making while... Uh, being a regular, boring, old meteorologist. Not to mention, Adrian got to see me in a flight suit. Tom Cruise ain't got nothing on the big dog in a flight suit. But I was gone a lot. I mean, a lot. It was causing me to be away from Adrian well over half the time. And how could I be a good husband if I'm not even around? Poor Brother Long once, he, he was in Montana, and I went up there to go kayaking. You remember this, brother? And I said, I just need to get alone with God for a week. i got to fast and pray. I, I just feel like I can be a better father, a better husband. And uh, I got about, I don't know, I didn't even drift that far. And I, I told Ken, you got to come and get me. God's like, what are you doing out here trying to be a good father and a good husband? You're not even at home. <laughs> well, poor Ken had to try to come to get me. But listen, not only was I not around Adrian, on top of that, I was missing a lot of church. And listen, I had already been called to preach. But during storm season, you're, you're away all the time. And how can you fulfill your calling to preach if you're not in church? And, and I knew that I was being confronted with a decision to make. Would I give up a far more exciting and better paying job? Summer's in St. Croix in favor of putting God first and trusting Him to provide. Well, I, I left the Hurricane Hunters and returned to a desk job of briefing pilots. But I want you to understand, God blessed that move greatly. Amen. I was home far more with Adrian, which in time would mean I would be home far more with my children. And I was able to fulfill God's call to preach. And 
God provided at every turn. You know, sometimes we just need to be honest with ourselves and admit that what we really need to do is lower our idea of a standard of living. Amen. We all have this idea of the American dream. God's provision may not be the fanciest house. It may not be the newest car, the latest gadgets, or even the finest clothing. But God's best will be what's best for you and your family. Amen. I'm just saying, put your walk with God first. God will provide. God's promised this, and He cannot lie. Don't get it backwards. Don't seek the provisions first. Because here's what's going to end up happening with many. They live with the mindset, get this now, once I get everything in place, now it's time for me to go to church. Now it's time for me to walk with God. Once everything gets settled and I get everything figured out and I'm happy with how life's going, then I'll start walking with God and be faithful. But listen, you can't afford to wait till everything in life is all nice and neat before you start getting right with God. Amen. Newsflash, life is not nice and neat. Yeah. And most of you know we, we recently moved, amen? What a blessing. We're in a different house now, and unfortunately we're still getting things settled where they need to be. But could you imagine if I said, well, I can't be in church until we get everything just where we want it, and it feels like home. Once every box is open and it's got our smell in the house, Amen. Adrian's foo-foo, sensey stuff, I don't know. <laughs> then we'll be back. Well, that's not putting God first. Amen. That's putting my temporal wants first. If you don't think that's right for the pastor, it's not right for you either. Right. I'm just a member of this body like you. Amen. Well, you just don't understand. It's been a rough season at work right now. Well, you just don't get it. I mean, kids got so much going on with sports. Well, I really don't want to leave church in the rain. I had to go back to our Georgia days. That's people in Georgia. It's raining. I mean, let's stay home. That was before live streaming. Well, this is the time of year when the walleye are biting good. Well, it's yard sale season. Well, you just don't understand. That's the only day I get my me time. Well, it's just too hard right now with a newborn. You know, little Leroy Pepsi isn't sleeping through the, the night right now. <laughs> this is why men need a wife. I was going to name our kid Leroy Pepsi, and she said no. <laughs> I think it's a great name. Well, I can't because they're newborn. I can't because they're not sleeping through the night. Well, I can't because now they're teething. Now they're in their terrible twos. Now they won't sit still. Now they have sports. Now I need to pay for braces. And now they're just being knuckleheads. Well, now they're gone and I need to take another 18 years just to recuperate. Well, now it's time to finally travel. Well, now I'm retired. Well, now I'm dead and I never learned to live for God. Let me just put it to you this way. Life happens. Deal with it. There's never an ideal time when the stars have all aligned and now the perfect time has finally come for you to put God first. It's always the perfect time to put God first. Regardless of your circumstances, why? It's the right thing to do. So Noah disembarks the ark, and I can imagine all kinds of things that are running through his mind, things that are going to demand his attention. 
But his first work is to put God first. He doesn't gather his family together and say, you know, after we get settled into our new location, after we get all our gardens planted, then we'll serve God. No, the first thing he does is he willingly leads his family to the altar. And we see in verse 20 that he offered burnt offerings upon the altar of all the clean animals. I already talked about the importance of altars last week and how this sacrifice pictures Christ. So we're going to take a different approach today. Remember in Genesis chapter 7 and verse 2, God told Noah of every clean beast, thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female. I would imagine the animals had reproduced during their year on the ark, unless God put a halt to all that. But Noah could still offer one of each clean animal if there was no reproduction, and there would still be three pairs left to repopulate the earth. And what I find interesting is God never told Noah why to bring seven of the clean animals. He just told him to take seven of the clean animals. I gave some possible reasons on, on why this may be while we were in chapter 7, but all we can really do is speculate. The Bible never says. But by way of application, I see how God provided Noah with the provisions necessary to be a blessing. He's given the means to be the spiritual leader of his family. The reason I find this so significant is because many claim they don't possess the ability to be the spiritual leader of their home. And apart from God, you're right, you don't. But what God ordains, God provides for. God will provide you with the ability as you learn to put Him first in your life. God has ordained how the home is to be structured and how He is to be worshipped, and therefore it is God who will make the way. You need to give yourself over to God's way and trust He's going to supply every provision that you need. Maybe you think you're too unlearned or too weak to leave your home. Well, that's no problem with God. According to 1 Corinthians 1.27, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Amen. God can work with someone who feels insuff- insufficient because He wants us to learn to trust Him anyhow. Amen. Why? So that no flesh can glory in His presence. Amen. If we're desirous to lead our family to God, then to God we must go for direction. And we must trust Him to become all we need. 1 Corinthians 1.30 But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Christ becomes our wisdom. Are you with me? He will teach us the ways of righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And God's grace will always be sufficient for what He's called us to do. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, God provided the necessary things for Noah to lead. He provided him a way to be a blessing. But listen to me now. God would not force Noah to do those things. He didn't force Noah to make a burnt offering. Remember, Noah's offering is akin to what the, the law called a free will offering. And for any who don't believe in a free will, what do you do with that? Okay, well, I, I digress. 
I want you to see how God provides us with the means to bless Him, but it's our choice to decide if we're going to honor Him with the provisions He has provided us with. God did not tell Noah, I want you to bring seven of the cleans, the clean animals. I want you to bring seven of the clean animals so that when you disembark, you can do the right thing and bless me. God never told Noah that. Noah is simply honoring God of his own free will. He was provided the means to be a blessing, and he took advantage. He was provided the means to be a blessing to his family, but he was also provided the means to be a blessing to God. Noah decided to bless God with what he had been blessed with. In those days, increase was usually not money. I mean, especially if you walk off the ark and you're the only eight dudes around. There's no money. And if you had it, I mean, what are you doing? Playing Monopoly with it? But for most of us in our day, money is the main area where we have been blessed with an increase to decide whether or not we're going to honor God. Let's just go ahead and talk about everybody's favorite Sunday subject. Money. Don't get nervous. It's in the Bible. But listen, Jesus talked about it. It, Giving is not something preachers made up just to get a paycheck. Now, I personally believe in the the tithe, a, a tenth. It's still a good starting point. Some will say, well, now we're under grace, so it's really our choice. It's optional. Well, we can debate all that another time. I'm not going there. But clearly the New Testament teaches we are expected to honor God through our giving, Amen. our increase. And, and, and listen, for those who say, well, we're under grace, I don't have to. Well, I'll remind you that under grace, Jesus demanded more. Amen. Yeah, it just got real up in here. Amen. Hey, if somebody sues you and they take your coat, you give them your cloak also. If somebody compels you to go a mile, go with them, Twain. So if your excuse is we're under grace, then instead of giving 10, give 20. But, but, but here's my point. People say, I can't afford to give. Did God bless you with an increase? In other words, did God give you a paycheck, we'll say today? And does God expect you to give? Then God says you can't afford it, you just choose not to. But you don't understand, I have all these bills to pay. Okay, well, who told you to live beyond your means? Is cable really a need? Are your streaming services really a need for those who don't have cable but you're you know, spiritual? Is $700 a month for a car payment really a need? Can you live in a cheaper house? Listen, do you think I moved off of six acres onto 0.3 acres because I like neighbors? No, I, I liked where we lived. But I had a decision to make as my property taxes went above $6,000 a year. We got it so good in South Dakota. Yeah, well, taxes caused me to move. My gas bill went north of $500 a month. What do I do? I either cut back on my giving to God or I move. So I moved. I guess technically we could have made it, but I like the things that are not needs. I like watching football on the SEC network. I like having the NFL network and watching football. I, I do. I, I like taking the secretary and getting away every now and then. I, I like visiting our parents. I, secretary's my wife, for those of you. 
Hey, I like going to restaurants. You see, it's all about choices is what I'm saying. You have the ability to give because what God ordains, He provides. But the choice is yours. For many, you just need to start learning to live within your means. God gave Noah the means, but it was Noah's choice. Noah had a minimum of seven clean animals, possibly more if they reproduced, but he had a minimum of seven. And repopulation with three pairs could occur just as easily as having this odd dude running around. Now, some may view Noah's choice of sacrificing what may have been 14% of all the clean animals as too risky. I mean, after all, that's all that was left upon the earth. But Noah trusted God, and he knew God could still do as much with the animals that were left over. I've learned God can do more through 90% than I can through 100%. As a result, I've learned to give well beyond that point. Plus, I've learned enjoying, enjoying seeing how God will meet needs. He's always come through. So when God blesses you and your pay is deposited into your account, you have a decision to make. Will I bless God or not? Will I trust God or not? If we will bless God with the blessings He has blessed us with, then we will experience even more blessings. There's a lot of blessings in there, but I think you got it. But if we refuse, if we decide to rob God of the glory due unto His name, then we are robbing ourselves of being further blessed by God. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. That's pretty clear. So have you learned to trust God by giving back to God part of your increase? If not, I would personally encourage you to start at the 10% level. If you'll learn to give, you'll learn you cannot outgive God. Here's the bottom line. If God does not have your checking account, He does not have your heart. Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I hope you understand, I'm just doing my job this morning. Amen? I don't need more money. We're doing fine. This is not what it's about. It's about you being blessed. Obeying God. Well, we're going to close in the same place we did last time. If you learn to trust God and honor Him, then like the beginning of verse 21, your life will be a sweet savor rising up to God. What a thought that you can be a blessing to God. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless thy holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Psalm 68, 19. Bless the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. This just popped in my head. I'll give it to you for free. Why not? Say, where, where do I tithe? To your local church. Amen. Where do I give? To your local church. Amen. Oliver Green used to say, you pay for your hot dogs where you eat. Yeah. Don't ever forget that all your blessings are from the good hand of God. Amen. He is better to us than we deserve. Amen. Now, I want you to learn how to bless Him back. Doesn't He deserve it? 
these kind of things may make you uncomfortable, but I'm so glad that in October of 98, our pastor decided to tell us, not us personally, but us as a church, you need to learn how to give. And we did. And ever since then, I can tell you, God has never let me down. He never did before. But he has blessed every step of the way. Let's pray.